Hello, everyone. Welcome to Balance Wellbeing Wednesday. My name is Christine Patton. I am a Kelowna-based uh, professional speaker, um, performance coach, author, heart math trainer, and practitioner. Um, and recently, I hosted a radio show for voiceamerica.com called Unstoppable You. And I'm currently singing. Uh, what does any of that mean? I don't know. I like to do lots of things. So welcome here today. Um, I'm honored by your attention and your interest and your presence. Um, you know what I found, it, found in my life that people who learn and grow and who are interested in learning new things and following great ideas just become interesting people. So again, I appreciate your interest and I thank you for being here this morning. Um, Today, I've called this session together, and we will learn together, um, turning the corner. And I truly feel in my heart of hearts that we are turning a corner. Um, this is February 24th, I think, all day, <laughs> 2021. And we've been under the thumb of COVID-19 now for almost a year. And so I thought about what I wanted to deliver today, and I thought about providing some information that would maybe help you create a better framework for this situation which we find ourselves in the world. Um, so here's, here's my intentions for today. What I'm going to deliver today, I hope, reminds you to keep the faith, to restore hope, and to know and really integrate in your heart that change in any form can always lead us to places we never dreamed of or imagined for ourselves. So my question to you is, how can you make the best of any changes or shifts that have come your way? How can you embrace the current energies of your own life and find a way to feel really at peace with them and what's going on for you and collectively? Feeling at peace with change and with the current state of affairs is not easy at any time, but any effort that you take to bring some acceptance, as small as it can be, can make a big difference to your inner well-being. Now, the next comment I'm going to make is about the virgin goddess Virgo, and we are under that influence as of Saturday. It's a Virgo, Virgo full moon. And my comments will sound like I am speaking to the females in this crowd today, but it's not. I, of course, address all men and all women, because as you know, whether you're male or female, we hold masculine and feminine energies within us. And in fact, what we're trying to do these days is to bring that continuum closer together for more balance, balance between the masculine and the feminine. So men don't run screaming when I use the word she and her. This applies to you. The virgin goddess Virgo did not need a partner. She was whole and complete in her own right. She carried the strength of all she needed to live a whole, happy, and hearty life. That strength was not born out of trauma or ego but from her connection to her true and higher self. Now, it's the energy of that I'd like all of you to embrace 
Today is about how to find your sovereignty, your rulership, how you drive your car, your boat. This is about your better command of how to create more peace and less effort in your life towards feeling good. Now, what you're going to find today, we're going to talk about this later on, many different things block us from our connection with our higher self. But like the Virgin Goddess reminds us, we always have the choice, always, 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 we have a choice. And we have the strength, it's whether we choose to find it, within us to clear those blocks and to listen to the truth and wisdom of our higher selves. So as I'm speaking today, I'd like you to hold in the back of your mind, what blocks you from accessing your higher self? Could it be a lifestyle choice, your own self-doubt, or perhaps just making time for yourself to sit down and access the quiet and the stillness so that you can connect with your inner being. This journey that we're on in life is not a journey outward. It really is a journey inward. And I'd like you to have that also in the back of your mind as you're listening today. When you are connected to your higher self, you are connected to your own inner divinity and you're able to feel more certain, sure, and confident about your journey forward and what could be better than that. So firstly, we've been experiencing a momentous time over the last year. Well, it's, it's been a number, a goodly number of years we've been experiencing shifts and changes in the world around us, but it's been critical, as we know, since the advent of COVID last March 2020. And the first thing I'd like to say is, uh, and I learned this the other night in the free workshop that I offered, my friend, dear friend, Sandy Lovell, offered to the group in the comments section at the end, um, she said, there's a term being tossed around called congruent depression. And what it means is the way people are feeling, the depressed type of feeling people are experiencing, which directly is as a result of what we're experiencing. And it's, it's that it makes sense. So what I want to say to you very first, um, right off the top, is that any discomfort you are feeling and experiencing, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, whether it's anger, sadness, self-doubt, confusion, just plain old yuck is all good. It all makes perfect sense with what's happening. And it's going to make more sense again as I get further into this talk about what is actually going on. But it's all good. Now, here's the problem is that when we choose as an excuse, because we're not quite feeling like we can make the step that we need to, and we choose to stay in those feelings more than what is called for, that is when we, we dip into what isn't good. So let yourself off the hook for those feelings that you are feeling, but be mindful of how long you are staying in that. And if this is about today, learning what steps to take to get out of that or to make a shift, make a change, to help yourself in the best way possible to create more bliss and calm in your life. So some ideas about what is going on. Um, 
the question to ask, I think, the big besides the big questions, who am I and what am I doing in this world, is about this last year. Why? Why do we think this has happened? And, and many pe people have different uh, views about that. But this is the thinking that leads us to the, the best way to make use of this time we're in, this experience we're experiencing, and how to reach the optimal outcome for us individually. And do you know that when you reach the ultimate best outcome for you, you are contributing to the field of the world. You are contributing to the collective experience. In other words, my intention tonight is to help you find the best way to direct this shift to benefit yourself and therefore everyone. And, you know, <clears throat> when you take a superficial look at what's going on, it seems that we're going through a punishing collapse of all that we know. And it is. This is terrifying. I mean, it's uncomfortable. And the worst thing is because we didn't, we can't control this. So we feel out of control and humans by their very nature are very controlling about life. And so this is hard. This is what makes it hard. Um, and this is affecting our control program. So I want you to think about that is our, our own control programs, what we can realistically control and what we can't. But the truth is the world has been collapsing at an alarming rate for many, many years. We have been experiencing this crux of devastation for a long time because we have been the biggest parasitic species this planet has ever known. And that includes all of us. None of us is, escapes this. Our existence is in the most precarious position it's ever been. And uh, amazing people like Dr. Bruce Lipton and others have called the state we're in right now, before COVID even, the sixth mass extinction. So the planet has experienced these mass extinctions um, apparently six times in history. Uh, some days I, I look like it, but I haven't experienced all of those. <laughs> I'm not that old, but I'm told they've happened in various ways. And this is, this is the way the energies of the planet have chosen to do it uh, right now is with this um, COVID-19. All we have to do is become aware of climate change and the devastating effects on weather, polar ice. We've experienced the extinction of whole species of plants and animals. The way we're living as a whole is not sustainable. And we know this. We've been warned. We didn't listen, period. So I believe this is a natural consequence of our ignorance and our inattention to um, the health of Mother Earth, really. And so this is Mother Earth coming back at us. <laughs> And as many of you are aware, there's been a complete degradation of respect for life all over the world. From the perversion of morals, the fragmentation of order, the degradation of human values, corruption, greed, and improper use of power. This runs rampant throughout the planet. And if you live in a third world country, your chances of experiencing this are 110%. Now we in North America don't have quite the devastating effects that some others around the world are enjoying, not, uh, but we do operate daily in an oppressive regime of business, finance, medicine, and big pharma, 
and government. I believe that what we're experiencing right now is finally going to free us from that. We're no longer being incarcerated by all of those horrible things that we perpetuate on this planet. We are being freed, we are being liberated. So this truly, in my view, is a time of liberation because these regimes, these thought forms, these behaviors are no longer supportable and they have fallen as low and as far as they have. I think the worldwide pandemic is a cover story for what is really going on. And it is the catalyst for our healing and therefore saving the world from certain destruction. So it's kind of a framework I want you to think about as we're going through. So who's really in charge of our world? Hmm, is it man? God, no. The arrogance of man to think that we have placed this planet in the universe and with all of the systems in the planet, our own human bodies are absolute miracles. And this is not something that has been created by the God thought form that has been planted by religious institutions. This is not the patriarchal God who sits on his throne and judges us, judges us harshly and, and punishes us. Um, what I'm referring to is the stream or consciousness of love and anything beneficial, kindness, peace, care, compassion, support, gratitude, all of those positive things that we know are positive because when we feel them, we feel really, really good. That is the energy. That is the God-like energy to which I refer. Now, some people, um, I, I say God because it's a three-letter word and it's easy, but it means the creator, the universe, the source, whatever you want to use for whatever created this kingdom, this beautiful world in which we live, that is what I am referring to. Some call it the Axis Mundi. In other words, what we need to do is to connect with this stream of consciousness, this energy that we are internally pining for and what we haven't experienced in a very, very, very long time. How to do this? How do we do that? How do we connect more easily to that stream of consciousness? And this consciousness, by the way, is the one that respects all life, that holds all life as sacred. And so embraces Mother Earth in an embrace of love and peace and well being. And by that very nature, that includes us. How do we connect with this? Let's talk about the ego. Let's talk about what, first, what has contributed to the state of the world. So, what is the ego? And I spent years and years wondering before I. Um, had the opportunity to learn more about what words meant, what energies meant, what, what it meant to, to let go and surrender. I didn't understand that either. But so my understanding of the ego at work is this. It's an operating system that we downloaded even before we were born. So we, we download the system in utero. And so 
The important thing to understand here about the ego is one thing we need to jettison so many things from our ego in order to rise, to allow that loving, beneficial energy consciousness, the God consciousness, the Christ consciousness, the Axis Monday, whatever you want to call it, that love consciousness, let's just call it that, to rise. We've got to get rid of the layers of conditioning um, that's been piled on since the time before we were even born. We're born light and free and innocent, or we come to earth to be born in that way. And as soon as we enter the three-dimensional three world that we're in, um, we start taking on thought forms and emotions and beliefs and systems and all of that of where we're living. And as we build this, we, we put these layers over our light. And then we wonder why we can't connect within because we've got so much in between there and that. And what I want to suggest to you is what happens within happens without. So when we can address our own consciousness, when we can address our own energy, we address what is outside of us, the micro and the macro. So the outside is a mirror. What is happening in the world is a mirror for where we are on the inside. I want you to think about that and the opposite. So what we see in our world is simply a reflection of what we're living within. So tonight is designed to help you understand what is happening, how to take some steps to reduce that and eventually eradicate that state to find your bliss. Because don't we all need more love and bliss in this world? So the outer systems that are mentioned represent our internalized ego or state of mind and being. Now this is our identity. This is an identity that we've taken on for ourselves. It's not really who we are. All the thoughts of who we are and what is good or bad about us, how we live, how we fit into this planet. All of these ideas were given to us and they're not necessarily for our higher self. A lot of them aren't. It's an identity with the body, with attachments, with neediness and outside influences. And we need to let go of this. We need, to, we need to jettison so many things that we believe are true in order to connect within. So the ego, um, the ego and the aspects of our own ego that do not serve us for our highest good are what we really need to look at um, for today. So anything that we do to attempt to gain power, fame, or gain without an inner connection to love is all false. There can't be love and wisdom in a state of ego because it's about the false. It's about the false ideas given to us about who we are and what we're doing here and what we need and how we're not enough and how we need to buy this to be better, etc. We all know that programming. It is a programming and it's a programming that operates uh, all over the world. All the major spiritual traditions share the ideology that God is one, God is all, and God is love, period. They all share that. It gets clouded with it, other ideologies and paradigms, but that's generally where all of this starts and ends. And anything that separates us from this oneness with love is an illusion, and it takes us off our true identity. 
So our spiritual journey truly begins when we recognize that it's a precious waste of time to live a life based on outside ideologies and dictates and being led to satisfy only the satisfaction of our bodies. And what I talked about earlier, the devastation in the planet, the greed, the corruption, the degradation of human values and morals. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, that we all encompass. We all encompass these ideas, whether we live it or not, is a whole other thing. But it truly is something that we have to understand. We need to jettison the parts of us that don't serve us. <clears throat> Pardon me. The inner, our inner guidance system, the Axis Monday, our connection to the, the loving flow of life. This guidance system knows that we are in a natural higher order, that we truly are part of this universal love, this God energy. It is part of us. We are spirits having a human experience on the planet. And we need to honor both sides of that. And we've forgotten about the inner connection as a whole, as a collective. And the more that we can do it individually, the more we can bring the earth into light. I don't know if any of you have read um, Dr. David Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force. Very, very powerful. And in it, he talks about, um, you know, when he's calibrated so many energies. And when, when you calibrate at a certain higher order of energy, and that's what we're doing. We're ascending. We're ascending to a higher, finer vibration um, as human beings on this planet, which has not been done before, just so you know. Um, so what he says is when you reach a certain level or calibration of energy, we actually carry souls. And he said, I think I'm close. If you calibrate at an energy of 230, 250, something like that, you are carrying 15,000 souls. So if you ever feel tired doing the work that you do, there's a reason why. Light will always overtake dark. And I want you to think about this analogy. So you're, you're in a cottage in the woods where there's no, there's no electricity outside, but there is inside. And the lights are on in the cottage and it's a very dark night. And when you go outside and you open the door, does the light from the cottage spill out or does the darkness spill in? Right. So darkness is simply the absence of light. And the more that we can connect with our own being of light and collect together in our tribe of love, the more that we will reach the tipping point on this planet soon. So here's how it works. The only way out is through love. The only way out of this is through a connection with our inner selves, our higher selves. That's just waiting to be spoken to, to be connected with, to help. <clears throat> now, something I want to say about the ego before I leave this, I think it's important. It just came in to tell you. And that is, uh, I mentioned about the ego being formed while we're in utero. So our subconscious programming, I mean, I forget who said it, said, uh, give, me, give me a boy of seven and I'll, and I'll give you the man. So much of our unconscious programming is complete by the time we are five, six, seven, eight, the literature is all over about that. So seven years old uh, in the median age is when our subconscious belief systems are fully formed. Now that's scary. And here's why. Um, in utero, we are at the mercy of our mother's predominant cascades of emotional and mental energy. 
And also her stress hormone cortisol crosses the placental barrier. And in extreme cases can cause something called brain sculpting in babies, which means that it's an irreversible hardware problem in the brain. So we are already being affected by outside influences before we're even made whole as a baby. When babies, and it's not just the mother, it's everything that happens in the mother's life. So it is the father, it is family, it is everything that, uh, that is absorbed because we're all vibration, remember. We're all vibration in this material world. There is no material world. We're all nano tornadoes. So that is the quantum field. Um, you know, become familiar with that. Um, babies from the age birth to two um, are predominantly in a delta brain state. And it's a very slow um, brain state, brain wave, because the brain is developing. And it's also very, um, what's the word? When impressionable. Babies sleep a lot. That doesn't mean they're not aware. And so they're taking in their environment. When children are two to six, approximately, the brain state increases to, the brain wave increases to a speed that is called theta. Now, the problem here is this is a highly, highly suggestible hypnotic brain state. So what's happening is children, we took in all of the information in our environment without having the frontal lobe or the higher reasoning capability to discern what is true and what isn't. And then what happens is the reticular activating system in our brain, as we, as we move forward, it essentially puts blinders on us. And anything that matches what we learned in that very formative time is allowed in. So the conditioning gets strengthened and anything else bounces. So what we believe to be not true gets bounced. This is how our conditioning takes place. And so by the time we reach adulthood, we have years and, and miles and miles of conditioning that is not necessarily ours. Well, it isn't ours, let's just say that plainly, and is not necessarily for our highest good. It behooves us to understand our subconscious programming. And this, this is the system that is reacting to the outer world. This is the system that's attaching to all the news stories about who's sick and who's dying and the new wave that's coming and, and all of that. So be very, very careful about your own conditioning and what you're aware of in the environment. And those that um, are not aware of their sovereignty, the ability to be us truly in our true divine essence are the ones who are listening and being programmed by what's happening outside of us. And what I'm gonna venture out to say is that programming is not about love. It is not about our true health. Um, I truly wish that the powers that be would spend at least as much time and money and effort educating people how to be healthy and sovereign in their own right, how to take care of their own health with nutrition, exercise, fresh air and sunshine, um, practices that lead to excellent mental and emotional health. That is the key. That is the key. And so that's what tonight is about, is how to connect with what is true and the true essence of us. So what do we need to do? We need to plow through our own conditioning to understand what we need to jettison that holds us back from the true connection with our own Axis Monday. When we form the ability to connect with this, 
this true love essence, we will stop competing with one another and projecting negativity onto one another. And unless we jettison our own ego, the identification with our body and outside forces, we cannot escape the self-defeating and destructive patterns that run our present world. Remember, as within, as without. The ways that we learned that we were not worthy, we are not deserving, we are not enough, we are not of love, that we're not powerful, are being reflected back to us in this world order that is corrupt and sick. Are you getting that? We must stop giving our power away to anything outside of us. Every time each of us as an individual places blame on the government or on other people or a place or on, the, or on a vaccine or the medical industry to save us, we're giving our power away to false gods. I want you to really see that. The truth is that we can never control anything or anyone around us ever. We may tend to once in a while, which gives the illusion that we can, but we can't. When we truly learn that the only thing we can control is us, we can shake off the shackles of our beliefs and life can change. So we are the sovereigns. We have the sovereign power over our own health and we can make ourselves healthy and make better choices for ourselves. It has to do with our thinking, the management of our subconscious belief systems and our emotions. There's a saying, I do not fix my problems. I fix my thinking and then the problems fix themselves. In other words, our thinking makes it so. Another story I want to leave you with is His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, was asked, I don't know how many years ago now, I have trouble with time, but it was after China invaded Tibet and he had to escape for his life. He was asked what he felt the most pressing concern in the world was. <clears throat> his answer wasn't violence, it wasn't poverty, critical thinking. Critical thinking which is what I'm urging you to apply to your life today. Apparently, we're not thinking at all or well, individually or as a whole, when we look at the state of the world. <laughs> I mean, in its very essence, we're ruining the planet that gives us life. Only a return to love, to the infinite, blissful, loving, Luminous, almighty intelligence that is the true oneself is the way that we can be saved from our suffering. Now, that sounds pretty esoteric, maybe out of reach, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about connecting with our own inner divinity, that stream of well-being that runs through us, that we just get disconnected with, with practice, with our thoughts, with our emotions and our behaviors. And all we need to do is understand that. To get back to it. We need to be the change. So what I'm suggesting as within, when we can clean up our own backyard, it is then reflected in the outer world. And when enough of us can do that, that's when the tipping point will happen. And I believe it is happening. Absolutely. When we try to find happiness outside of ourselves, that's what I'm talking about. The happiness the peace, the love, the support, the self-care, self-esteem, 
self-motivation, our own guidance, all exists within us. We don't need anything from the outside or anyone from the outside. We have everything we need to be healthy, hale, and whole. We have to believe that it exists within us. So when we seek something to complete us, love from someone else, maybe it's that job or the money or the stuff, when we seek outside sources to complete us, self-esteem from someone else, something else to heal us, the list goes on. We build a wall around our heart every time these outside forces disappoint us so that we don't get hurt again. But we keep doing it. We keep doing it again and again and again. So we're just hurting ourselves. So we have to deconstruct the ego. And how do we do that? We looked at, we look at it as if any of you have been through a renovation, a home renovation or remodeling of anything, it's a horrible process to go through. But we know we have to tear down before we rebuild. And when we rebuild, it's always far more beautiful than what we started with. And we know we just do it because we know it's going to happen. We know we're going to get there. Or we start out on a long, difficult uh, journey in our car to a, a long destination. We know we have to keep going to get there. If we turn around, we'll never get there. If we stop the car, we'll never get there. If the car stalls or comes off the road, we'll never get there. We're in the birth canal and we're birthing a new world. We are the seeds. We are the power behind that. And we each have to take the responsibility for what we need to do in order to bring that into reality. So we need to jettison our feelings of lack and unworthiness. And what happens, the process about that is, unfortunately, we have to experience it. We experience it on some level. We don't have to know everything. We don't have to see it and understand it as it's going. But we have to set the intention to release all the programs that no longer serve us. And the body being the lowest, uh, the lowest, uh, slowest, densest energy from all the other levels of our being that are more etheric, down through the mental, the emotional, into our body, the body's the last place because it's the slowest and the densest. So things have to come up. And what I've been experiencing is the days that I just, I feel crappy and I don't know why. My, I look around, my life hasn't changed. I still live in beautiful Kelowna. I still live in my home. I eat good food. I have great friends. I can do basically whatever I want, except I have to wear a mask some places. Um, but I feel crappy. And so what I realize is, ah, I'm either releasing something that's my own or it's of something else of the world. And I am just going to do that. But it's painful. It can be very painful as these things come up to be jettisoned or released. And think about the ballast in a hot air balloon. We have to release it in order for the balloon to rise. So that's what we're doing. We're just pitching shit over the side. That's really what we're doing with this, this ego jettisoning. jettisoning. And as we clear the debris, we find ourselves feeling lighter and less concerned with outside stuff. That's just a natural thing that happens. Our gaze turns inward, so to speak. We begin to feel more whole, calm, and peaceful as our earthly concerns slide away from our constant attention and needs for outside fulfillment. And when we break through this, even when you start to break through this, you begin to see that the world has always been perfect. It really has. But we were seeing it through the lens of dissatisfaction and our true beliefs of imperfection and evil 
They're not true. They're beliefs, they're thought forms, things have been planted in us. Evil is simply the absence of love. And it's important to note, or another way to think about this is the ego's filters become self-fulfilling prophecies. We create our world from what we believe to be true. And there's a complete negative feedback loop then between the individual and the world. So we want to become the highest possible version of ourselves and raise our vibration and understand that nothing and no one gives this to us. No information, healing modality, person's energy, no workshop, no book gives that to us. We can get direction. We can get advice. We can get tools and tips and information on how to do it. But ultimately, I can't do your sit-ups for you. We have to do it ourselves. We must do the work. So the job is to deconstruct the old programming and patterns, clear them, and then bring in more of what we want. So that's where we're going to turn now, more of what we want. We need to replace the old with the new, and the new is bliss. Whatever we equate bliss to be, happiness, joy, love, care, compassion, openness, wholeness, peace, tranquility, warmth, contentment, whatever it is you want, you need to create it for you. No one's going to do your setups. How can we do this? I was thinking of three simple things that would help us to take this, this monumental, some days, um, task on, which ultimately in the end is going to serve us for our highest good and anything. Do you ever notice that how you feel internally colors how you see your life? So when you're feeling crappy inside, your life looks like shit period. So good reason to do that. Number one, first and foremost, get quiet. Seek the stillness. We cannot access the Axis Monday. We cannot access our the voice of our soul. We cannot access our divinity, the voice of God, whatever you want to think about it as. We cannot access when we are busy sending out horrible signals and thinking and acting and being busy. Do you know that busyness that it, we've regarded as a badge of importance or honor? Do you know what busyness really is? Choosing so many things to avoid feeling our pain. You're going to feel pain in the stillness. That's the only way we can access it to dump it. As we're going to have to experience it but it can't come up when it's continually repressed by all that we're doing, all that we're attaching to in the world and concerning ourselves with and talking about. It doesn't work. This isn't easy, but very, very, very necessary. When we focus on what's going on in the world and all the outside attachments, we are burdening our nervous system. So I'm gonna to get to that in a minute why we need to unburden our nervous system physically. The chaos that we're used to, we are training our body into a state, a physical state where we are truly addicted to stress chemicals. Among them, chief among them, cortisol, adrenaline, histamine. We seek drama. We seek negativity and pain just to stay alive or to feel alive. This is killing us. 
this is this is the stress. Stress is a physiological condition. We have to recognize it as such. And until we fix the physiology of our stress state, we can't heal. We can't heal physically. And do you ever notice when your body feels off, your mood is off. So really helpful to really create a space of peace and calm in the body. We need to create a peacetime economy in our body and not the wartime economy that we are continually creating. So we have to train our body to be quiet. For those of you who do not have a meditation practice, this may be difficult at first because your body is addicted to moving, thinking, planning, being, or doing, doing, doing. So we have to train it like anything. We have to train our kids. We have to train our pets. We have to train our bodies because we've trained it. We've brought it to a state that is not healthy. So five minutes a day, I recommend first thing in the morning, just sit quietly, set your phone, set the timer on your phone and just sit quietly. Now, some days will be easy. Some days, five minutes will feel like three days. Your body, your ego will scream at you. This is stupid. This is a waste of time. You have, you've got shit to do, <laughs> but resist it, resist it. Because you know, at the end of this remodeling stage, your home is going to be beautiful. And that home is you. It's a beautiful place when you can actually cut through all the pain and the, the craziness that's going on in your body and reach that stillness. You can actually feel your soul. You can hear your deep thoughts and your own voice of guidance, your own inner guidance system. It feels light, expansive, peaceful, and whole to be able to connect with that space regularly. But we have to learn how to do it. So five minutes, first thing when you get up in the morning, nothing's happened yet. You're still kind of calm from your sleep. Try it. With time, you can ascend to that place where now that your body has learned to be quiet, and those of you who meditate know this, now you can work on your mind. And now we can learn to jettison those thoughts that come in. And they're insidious, aren't they? We know that. I clear my mind and suddenly I realize I'm thinking about something. I'm like, how did you, where did you come from? You came in the back door when I wasn't looking. So thoughts are tricky. Your mind is a very tricky thing. Um, and at the end of today, you're going to learn a couple of heart math techniques that are actually a body meditation. And I find I can meditate much easier when I'm in my body. Okay, so keep going. Keep going, keep going. And clearing your mind and your body of debris is a never-ending chore, but so worthwhile and will bring many blessings to your life. Now, if you're searching for an answer, this is the time. Good thing to do is to ask before you sit down and meditate. Ask for an answer to something that's bothering you. Now, when you're quiet, you'll have a chance to hear. Uh, maybe at this time, I'll tell you about a weekend I spent in Toronto with uh, CTI or Coactive Training, they're, they're now called. Um, the weekend program was called The Dance of Soul and Ego. Beautiful name. Um, and on the Friday night, as we started, we were asked what we wanted to learn. And I said, I stood up and I said, I want to learn the voice of my soul as opposed to the voice of my ego, because I was at that stage where I was listening for the difference. And I learned what it was by the end of the weekend, I knew, and it served me for probably the last 10 years or whenever it was, I attended this workshop, the voice of the ego is loud and clanging and insistent and incessant. It's, I need this now, now, now. That's the voice of your ego. That's the voice of the outside attachments. 
it is dissonant to your energy. You will notice a difference when you practice listening for it. The voice of your soul, on the other hand, is quiet. It is calm, it is still, but it is powerful and it is there. It is resonant with your energy because it's who you truly are. That divine being that we are is our natural state. We simply take on a false state with everything from the world. So we have to get quiet in order to hear it. And some say this is our intuition, the voice of our soul. This is our God speaking to us. Whatever, whatever semantics you want to use, it doesn't matter. This is your true guidance. This is your holy guidance with your divine connection. And this takes time and practice. Make no mistake. Rome wasn't built in a day. Okay, enough of that. Number two, something to do, learn. Constantly learn, 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 learn. If you're not learning and growing, you are dying. So you may find yourself getting really curious about other spiritual matters at this time. So give freedom to that urge. And as you open your inner voice and allow yourself to be guided by it with trial and error, you will learn how it feels when you pose a question, problem, or challenge that aligns uniquely with you and your soul, you'll get an answer. You will get an answer. I have found the answers in the oddest ways, whether it's something that comes across my email or a conversation I have with somebody, or I overhear, I see a, dr a truck driving by with a message on the sign, or there's, there's or a line in a song that just speaks to me. And it's like, oh my God, there's the answer. So become aware as you learn, ask more questions and then be prepared for what comes. So if you don't know what you wanna do, if you don't know what you wanna learn or what practice you wanna take on, ask, ask yourself, honor yourself by asking the question and then get out of your own way and see what comes. Get excited about new things that line up out of the blue. They're not out of the blue. Your soul will have asked the question. But things that come that are effortless and easy are more on your path, I'm going to suggest to you. You may find yourself choosing books that you would never have read before, watching videos, podcasts, radio shows that you may not have been attracted to before. You may change your friends, your jobs, your family members, location, hobbies, etc. So pay attention to how life progresses for you as you are walking along the tapestry of your life. And detach from things that are currently important to you. Get excited about the new things. Become the watcher of your life. Become aware of what is actually going on. What's more in alignment? And record the synchronicities. So the things that happen that are very like, oh my God, I was just talking about this and here's something else. You know, that kind of thing. They say if you hear something three times, for me, it's two. All I need to know is two things that are, are uniquely weird. And it's like, okay, there's, there's my message that I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. Or it'll be an answer that I'm wanting. And lastly, number three, free yourself. Free yourself. Become okay with what needs to come and what needs to go. Your higher self will do its own thing without your conscious awareness, and it's all okay. You may find friendships end. Lovers may go. You may lose your job, your home. Someone may die. 
In other words, you will be culling what no longer serves you. You will be shedding those situations and people and ideas and your practices that are just not, they're good. They served you. Thank them. Um, release them with love. Thank you for being in my life. But I'm into a new path now. I'm walking further along my path and I'm taking on what is new. So we have attachments to things in our life. Some may serve us and some may not. And you'll know which ones need to go sooner or later. And they will. So what I have found in the last year that the things that I meant to jettison long before I actually release them from my life, whether it's a friendship or a membership somewhere or some practice I'm doing, whatever, doesn't matter. I find the energy around it changes for me in the beginning. So I'll find I'll feel less and less, less, less and less attached to something. The energy of it will become more dead to me. So I'll find that I just feel a very disassociated feeling with whatever it is that I thought that I needed in my life. And I'll go, oh, isn't that interesting? And it will grow. And it'll grow to that place where I just don't need that person, that thing in my life anymore. That's how you know that you're naturally going through that, that throwing off the side. And it's not, it doesn't have to be a negative thing. This is just simply your life is changing for your highest good. And when your highest good is served, so is the highest good of all. So practice watching for these feelings and the events in your life. And you'll begin to see the true perfection in God's world. I have found that the most elegant solutions in my life came when I surrendered my higher self to my God. When I surrendered to my higher self or my God self. Far better results than I could ever have imagined. Than my own limited thinking. Even my biggest dreams. I have... I have established uh, more elegant solutions than even I thought. So we need to calm our nervous system. Number one, we need to calm our nervous system. And this is what I was talking about earlier when I said we have created a wartime economy within ourselves. So now we're at the body stage. Here's how we claim back our sovereignty over our health and our body, which naturally exists in relationship to our spiritual selves and our mental selves and our emotional selves. We need to achieve balance in our system. And we have little chance of being optimally well when we're in stress. Our mental and emotional health suffers when we're constantly overstimulated and caught in the negative feedback loop of fear, anger, resentment, exhaustion, and hopelessness. These depleting emotions stand in the way of our being creative, loving, centered, whole, and at peace. So we're keeping ourselves from this. We are. We're our own worst enemies. We are electromagnetic beings. And we have to know this is not woo-woo stuff. This is true. And think about the, the oldest tests in the world, the EEG, EKG. They're all testing the energy of certain organs. So we have a field. We generate a field around us, which I'll talk more about in a moment. It's the quality of that field that affects our outer world. In other words, our levels of stress can be felt by all around us. And we know this anecdotally. How often has somebody walked up to you and they, whether you know them or not, and they've opened their mouth or not, and you know something's off. So maybe they're sad about something or maybe they're stressed about something, but you feel it before you even know it. Or how often have you uh, entered a room and you feel something, either there's a real negative energy, like there was a fight or something, or someone got fired or whatever, something happened, or there was a party or something happy. So 
The field is populated with all kinds of emotions and feelings when we become aware. And this helps us. It helps us understand the world around us and other people. But more than that, this is how we create a better connection with other people. And then we can bring in better things into our life when we highly charge our heart field. And I'll talk about the heart field in a minute. Okay, so fight or flight. This is a natural state in our body that has kept us alive for a millennia or however long we think we've been on this planet. And it served us. It served us for a long time because we didn't overthink things. We either didn't have the developed brain or we didn't use it improperly. As we came out of the cave and we encountered a saber-toothed tiger, the sympathetic side of our nervous system would go into overdrive. This is the mobilization state that allowed us to fight or flee in order to escape the danger. This obviously worked well because we have 8 billion people on the planet today. And then when we escape the danger, the parasympathetic side naturally in our system would kick in and bring us back to the relaxation stage. We could walk along and pick berries or kill our lunch or whatever it was we were doing. But now we have these overdeveloped frontal lobes. Well, not overdeveloped frontal lobe, but we use our frontal lobe so much. We have these overdeveloped amygdalas and we're always in perceived stress. There's enough stress in life that causes that natural reaction. Now we're constantly putting ourselves in overdrive with perceived stress, worry and regret. Worries about the future, regrets about the past. And neither is a beneficial thing ever. It's a waste of our energy. What is happening in the now is what we have to prepare for. Yes, we have to plan. We have to learn from our past and we have to prepare for the future, but that's not worry and regret. That's not what I'm talking about. So we are stimulating our nervous system artificially worrying about money, worrying about the world, all these things. How many terrible things have happened to you in your life, honestly? They're not real. So we have to learn, stop doing that. Uh, what else do I wanna say to you today? Let's talk about, let's talk about the relationship between the brain, the autonomic nervous system and the heart. It is a constant feedback loop so our brain programs create this fear, this attachment to things in the world, which is connected to our autonomic nervous system, which keeps us in fight or flight. And that affects the heart on a beat to beat basis, which informs the brain uh, through the afferent or ascending nerve signals. And then this feedback loop is fed with the constant stress and we keep adding to it. How do we stop that? This is how we do that. We can change our programming, our mental programming. But I have found in my life that when we change the heart rhythms, we change, that's, that's the interloper. That's how we change this negative feedback loop at that point. How to create a peacetime economy. We need to stop generating depleting emotions, which drain us in all our domains, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Um, anyway, I guess I have like six minutes left. So I'm just gonna get to the juice of what heart math teaches. When we focus on the heart, you know, it's heart math, hearts in the word. When we focus on the heart, our breath and renewing emotion. Now, just a note on emotions. 
we were encouraged at HeartMath to not call emotions positive, negative, good or bad. All emotion is good because emotion is the body talking to us, teaching us something. This is good, this is bad. So think about what are emotions. When you have an emotion, a strong emotion either way, what is it telling you? There's a reason. But there is depleting emotion. We know what those are. It's the anger, the resentment, the, the frustration, the irritation, all the way down to hopelessness, guilt, and shame. Okay? Depleting. The renewing emotion, as we know, is the love, the gratitude, the care, the kindness, the support, all of that, the generosity and kindness. Um, we know what those are. So that's it. That's the difference, renewing and depleting emotion. When we can focus on the heart, where we store these emotions, and the heart is our portal to the divine, wherever that is. It is our connection to this Axis Mundi. It is our connection to that flow of well-being and love that Abraham talks about. When we can access the heart and the beautiful renewing forces of life, we can help our body. When we can create a coherent heart rhythm, not a heart rate, your heart rate is the beats per minute. Your heart rhythm is the pattern of your heart as it speeds up and slows down. Now, the heart does not beat in a regular fashion. It's infinitesimal, but your heart, your heart actually speeds up and slows down. Now, it can be in an incoherent pattern. That is the stress pattern I've been talking about. Or it can be a sine wave that is a more ordered and coherent form of heart rhythm. And when you can reach that coherent form of heart rhythm, your body will be in balance. So that is the brain informing, or sorry, that is the heart informing the brain informing the body. And the autonomic nervous system is all tied up in this. This is how you will bring your body back to a healthful, well-being force for life that you want to harness in order to heal yourself and heal the world. This is what you want to do. First step, heart-focused breathing is to sit quietly in the stillness and the quiet and take your five minutes that you've trained your body to sit quietly and just start with heart math if you need to, as opposed to just being quiet. Whatever system you want to do, approach it in whatever way is comfortable. You wanna sit quietly and you wanna start breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. Uh, optimally, five seconds in, five seconds out. Establish a comfortable rhythm of breath. And as you think about your breath and you get into that relaxed state, Think about your heart and eventually what you're going to feel as you get into that comfortable in and out rhythm, five seconds in, five seconds out, you're going to think about breathing in and out through your heart. So now your heart is engaged in your quiet and your stillness and your breath. That's the heart focused breathing. And that's the first step of all the heart math techniques. Now what you want to do in order to create that sine wave, that ordered heart rhythm, and more amplitude in the wave, because more amplitude in the wave means more coherence, you want to generate renewing emotion. So maybe before you actually start the process, you create your own list of things that make you feel good, happy, excited, grateful, uh, loving, whatever. Someone you love, maybe you got kudos at work the other day or you accomplished something great or you're just grateful for so many things in your life. Whatever you need to do to think about, to generate that renewing emotion in your body and what you're trying to do is warm your heart. So now you're bringing in that into the system of breath in and out through your heart. Now you're generating renewing emotion into your body. And with practice, heart math says, 
five to 15 minutes, three to four days a week, you will change your baseline. Your baseline being your natural default set point. Your natural default set point, where you are right now, I'm, get, I'm, I'm suspecting, unless you've been a med meditator, heart math practitioner, or some sort of practitioner that has used these tools actively for a long time, you will be in that stress state. But what you can do is you can raise your vibration, you can bring all that noise down and create a different state for yourself. And as you practice, you become healthier and happier. You create a higher and better, calmer, beautiful state for yourself. Now, four things happen in this state. Number one, you feel awesome. When your heart is in alignment with your brain, in alignment with your body, now all cells, all cells, no matter if your stomach cell, your fingernail cell, your eyes, Every cell can work optimally because there's no longer the noise in the system, in your electricity, your electrical system, your nervous system, and cortisol is not running around um, busting your cells because that's what it does. That's what it does. Cortisol is toxic to your system in the amount that we are feeding the body. It is necessary to a certain amount. It is a beautiful system that we have, but we've overridden it with some ugly shit. So we need to get rid of that and go back to that natural state. Number two, what happens is because your body is working in alignment, less drag on the system, all cells can work optimally. And your however many cells, 50 trillion, I hear it's 50 trillion. I don't know whose job it was to count all those, but um, you have lots and you have over 200 systems that all work together holistically. Um, when you start to function like that, you feel magnificent. Think of the last time you had a great sleep or you've been eating well, you've been at the gym and you just feel really whole and together and you got your sexy on. That's what I'm talking about. Number three, you can change your baseline. So you can get healthier and happier with time. And I've proven this to myself. Lastly, you inform your heart field very differently. And so this is how we change the world. People around you will notice. They will notice. They'll say to you, what are you doing? You seem... You seem calm. You seem happier. You're, you're whole. You're together. You're like laughing more, whatever. You will affect others around you. And this is how you create a better world. Not only do people feel you differently and think of the ramifications for business, friendship, love, whatever. You attract things on that level. And here's the physical thing that you may not know. The more highly coherent your heart rhythms are and the more highly coherent than your heart field is and the bigger your heart field is other hearts connect with yours and sync up and those hearts become coherent and they start to they start to your their hearts beat in a more coherent fashion and they feel differently and if that isn't love i don't know what is so i hope you have learned maybe even one thing today that you can take and put in your tool belt. Um, maybe I've provided a different framework to make you just rethink some of the things in your life. Um, in any event, I hope that there's something today that you have felt is has been worth your time. Um, I thank you. I'm grateful for your attention. I'm honored that you were here today. And I really hope that your world, your life, um, is beautiful. And I'm praying that for all of us in the world today. So thanks again for being here.